it probably is possible, but it's just like, how are those covalent bonds going to go along with those metallic? But I don't know. Um, it, <laughs> well, it's, there's it's, two, two explanations. Sorcery, and he's from the future. Or ta- Yeah, sorcery or time travel. Absolutely. Yes. Michelangelo here, you know, the master of the whirling pizzas. Greetings, minions. This is Lord Crab. Hello, everybody. My name's Grayson. And you, my friend, are listening to Turtles Forever. Brought to you by my radical dudes, Bebop and Rocksteady. Cowabunga! I crack myself up. Cowabunga, do do dudettes, and welcome to another episode of Turtles Forever. I'm your host, Rob, and joining with me, as always, is my main man, my partner in Ninja Turtle Crime, Mr. Kirk Leonardo. How are you, Hosehead? Ohio. I'm doing good. How are you? Oh, good deal. Good deal. You know, it's been a long time since we talked. Ages. <laughs> but I, like, you know, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. Yes, yes, I know. It's just, uh, time, uh, it's, it's crazy. Time flies. But, uh, but yeah, guys, today we are super excited. We're making our way through the late 90s era of the Ninja Turtles, which is an interesting era of the Turtles in the sense that, at least for me personally, I didn't know a lot of this era, era and I still don't, 10 years later after starting this podcast. And today we're talking about the image issues. Now, I have listened to the Ninja Turtle nerds. I've listened to some of the... Um, uh, reviews about uh, are on Ninja Turtle Power Hour, but I haven't gotten to read the entire series yet. So I have a general idea of where things go. Yeah, I'm excited about this. Uh, what about you, man? Yeah, um, well, I mean, just thinking back to what I've read, I, I really think they've got off to a, a good start, in my opinion, yeah. these, these two issues we've read. I, Thinking back to all the the uh, summaries that I've listened to of these comics from the various podcasts, <laughs> it, I guess the storyline gets a bit rushed or, or cut off. But I mean, I, these these two issues I really enjoyed, and that's the podcast. See you next week. <laughs> yeah, we'll say <laughs> we'll talk to you later. You already know. So yeah, real quick before we we jump right into it, um, I wanted to mention a quick pickup that I got. The last episode I mentioned that I picked up the Alliance issues one through three. I did read the. Uh, Casey Jones Alliance issue and out of the two, I love the Karai one that was wonderful but out of the two I think I like the Casey Jones one even more because they bring up some things in this issue uh, and I, I'll try my best not to give any spoilers but some things that I've been wondering about for quite some time with Casey like he lost his father too and that really hasn't been mentioned yeah Han was an alcoholic and he was a pretty mean guy beat up on him and everything but it still bothered Casey to lose his father. And he's kind of been pushed to the side. So they, this issue addresses that a little bit. But also, by the end of the issue, you feel really good for Casey. It's like, oh, man, this is the backstory we needed for him for a while. Because there's just not enough real estate in the ongoing for every character to have their moment in the sun. So this issue, the Alliance issue, which I think is Alliance issue 2, Wonderful. If you love Casey Jones, I cannot recommend you guys go read that issue enough. It's one of my favorite Casey Jones issues ever. So loved reading that this week. But real quick, man, before we get into it, have you been up to anything Ninja Turtles lately or got any rad recommendations for us? Um, sure. Uh Chainsaw Man season one. Um, if you're into anime, it's one of the few animes that I've actually in recent times, been like, okay, I'm going to give this a shot and actually sit through it all. It's one of the few that I, that I was interested enough that I could, that, that was engaging enough. It's not perfect. Um, there's some episodes that one of them is just outright disgusting. Like they all get drunk and some girl vomits in his mouth, which is absolutely oh. like I, but other than that, um, <laughs> it, it's, it's very dark humor. Like his reason for going on to fight is, is very, it's like, Really, you, you pervert. But at the same time, it's like so hilarious. If you liked One Punch Man, I think you'll like this. One Punch Man is probably a lot cleaner than this. 
but but it's it's very uh, I, I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. It's it's not a UU Hawkins show in my opinion. Um, but there's it's only one season so far, so I don't know where the manga goes. It's 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 very gory. Um, but it's it's it, I enjoyed it. I liked the characters in it. It, it had a lot of th- those are my type of anime. And then um, also. That '90s show, um, I'd say give it a shot. Oh yeah, you yeah, may not I like it because it. And everybody says this. It's everybody said this so many times already that it's already a cliche, but it really is like a Disney Channel type. I mean, it's it's obviously not something that they would air on Disney Channel, but it it, it doesn't have the same vibe as that '70s show d- directly. Because I thought it would be like, well, they're going to take that '70s show and instead of it being Peter Frampton and all these. You know, uh, Ted Nugent showing up on the show and all that. It's going to be like, you know, grunge top. That's what the kids mm-hmm. will listen to. And it's really not. Um, at least most of the, I, I've only seen about five episodes. I've seen the whole season, but I've only really paid attention to about five episodes. I need to go back and watch them, but, um, it, it really does kind of just even the look of the, like the way the camera shoots, the detail of the picture. It looks like something like a Disney channel type company shot. Um, but, they did a lot of good things. Uh, Donna and Eric's daughter looks mm-hmm. like she looks honestly like she would be their daughter. And she's great. Um, yes. Yeah. Also, you've, you've seen. Yes. I loved okay. it. I love that show. My wife and I, we marathoned the entire first season. Yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I didn't like it as much as that 70s show. Um, but that show honestly was up there for me. I mean, I know I talk about King mm-hmm. of the Hill regular show and everything. I need to go back and watch that 70s show. I watched it about twice and I, that, that was always my like, Friday nights or, or Thursday, when I got to my grandma's house, it would be a block of King of the Hill, and then that 70s show would come on, it, it, in one or the other order. But, but yeah, um, it, it is a good, it's worth watching. Um, it's got a lot of good jokes, some callbacks to the, to the, uh, to the original That 70s Show, and it retcons mm-hmm. some things that needed to be retconned. Uh, so I look forward to season two. Um, and if it's not for you, then, you know, fine, I got bad taste. Sue me. <laughs> absolutely man I've, I've, I loved it I loved it and you've given me some homework once again man with that That's anime right. so Ghost Ride the Whip <laughs> hello violators you're in Casey's comic classroom prepare to be schooled alright guys well we are hopping right into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles I guess some argue um, this is volume 3 you can find this on Comixology. Just search up the Urban Legends books, and you'll find them for free on Comixology uh, if you pay for the Unlimited. So I guess it's not free. Yeah, that was a stupid line. Um, but yeah, so this this was done by – all right, excuse me. Let me put my notes here. So this was uh, first published in June of 1996. So I was 10 years old when this came out, and the writer was Gary Carlson. Penciler was Frank Fosco, which, side note, I actually got to meet him – about two years ago um, at a con. No, excuse me. Not even that long ago. It was last year at the Fanboy Expo here in Knoxville. Extremely nice guy. I picked up uh, one of the drawings he did and he signed it for me uh, of Splinter playing pool. And meanwhile, the turtles are like beating up all – Splinter's trying to line up this shot and the turtles are beating up all these Foot Clan like, soldiers <laughs> all around them. It's great. But yeah, it's super nice, and I just told him how much I enjoyed his work with Image, and he's like, oh man, those were just some of the best times of my career, and I wish I could have just talked with him a little bit longer, but he was wonderful. But anyways, Frank Fosco, wonderful artist, and he is the penciler for this series. Um, the inker was Eric Larson, ink assistants were Chance Wolf, letters were done by Chris, ooh, I'll just say Chris E., and the editor was Eric Larson here. Um, so yeah, this book... I did not read growing up. Um, I didn't know that these books were out. I think I did remember seeing the Image Savage Dragon crossover with the Turtles, which actually I think happened earlier. But yeah, this was the first issue of the ongoing that would last um, for a couple years. Did you have any experience reading this real quick, man, before we jump into it? Well, just real quick, I hope that this is the right issue that I read because I, I got to thinking about it. I'm like, I know they hit the ground running, but I don't know if they hit it running this hard. So, uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, that's that's about it. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of things. Um, I, I'll just mention them as we go along, though. I mean, okay, probably a little bit quicker that way. 
Cool, man. That sounds good. Well, yeah, so this one here, this first uh, issue, as soon as you jump right into it here, let me get to the guided view here because I do not have the first on print. All right, so yes. Okay, hopefully you're seeing the one where poor Donatello is getting blasted in the very first page. Yes, yes. Yes. Like, yes, like Cell at the Cell Games. He's getting disintegrated. <laughs> that's exactly right. So that's your first page. And great looking shot. And I will say this. I have seen, or maybe I, I don't know if I had the original or maybe I saw scans of the original black and white. I think the colorist has really done a great job with uh-huh. this book because it's a lot more distinguishable, some of the line work, with the mm-hmm. colors. Because when it was just the black and white, sometimes I wouldn't know what I was looking at unless I kind of just took a step back. Because there's so much going on in each page, uh, which which is a credit to Frank Fosco, but at the same time can be, for me at least, a little disorienting. Great opening shot. Donatello's getting blasted by something here. That's your first issue here of Image, which really sets the tone for this book and sets the tone for Image Comics, honestly. So um, this here, we get the... Uh, two-page spread here and we see these little cuts at the top here on the top left hand side and splinter's going that sound it's not fireworks and michelangelo goes no master it sounded like gunfire oh god uh raf there he goes donnie's been shot somebody's gonna pay for this and uh leonardo goes look out so we see these giant cyborgs just come storming the sewer the sewers here and we can see that like somebody was celebrating a birthday here because we see michelangelo with a birthday hat i mean Instantly, you're disoriented, right? Because it's like, whoa, what is going on? Which, again, kind of, this is Image's style, and it's just on full force here in a turtle's form. So we see the cyborgs come in, and one of them says, good, they're all here. Raphael, he's equipping his size here. He goes, ah, for Pete's sake, who invited cyborgs? There's nothing I hate more than stinking cyborgs. The cyborgs come storming in, so we've got one guy who looks like he's full machine, and where another guy is about half machine, half man. One of the cyborgs says, happy birthday, freaks. It's going to be your last one. And the half-man robot, he goes, what's the matter, shorty? Never had a surprise party before? I got your present right here. I didn't have time to wrap it for you. Ha, ha. (laughs) This is great. You got to love it when they actually spell the the laugh. Yeah. So Michelangelo, still with his birthday hat on, he goes, I'm willing to wait. Talk about his present there. Uh, Splinter goes, do you recognize them, Leonardo? No, Master Splinter. I've never seen this guy before in my life. They're hiding behind this this board here as, as everything's going. So Raphael, he comes storming right into the action here in typical Raph style. Great layout here. He goes, let's show these slime balls how we deal with party crashers. So they he's he's making short work of one of them. He goes, move it or lose it, Mikey. And he, he hits one of them. Michelangelo, he's trying to take on the full-fledged cyborg. He goes, you dirty rat, you shot my brother. Okay, I have an issue with this. I mean, we're making jokes already. We don't even know if Donatello's alive. But that's okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I had an issue with that, but no big deal. And now for my next impression. This is Michelangelo here. Meanwhile, uh, we see that Shredder, or excuse me, Splinter and Leonardo are huddling over Donatello, who is just a bloody pulp of a mess here. Uh, Leonardo goes, Master, how is he? Splinter says, Donatello appears to be in shock, but his pulse is strong. Perhaps the shots missed his major organs. I will do what I can for him until you and your brothers dispose of these intruders. And that's when Leonardo goes, okay, here we go. It's party time. So he jumps off this uh, tipped over table, and he's about to get into action here. And with that, I'll turn it over to you, man. Uh, okay, yeah, a couple things I want to point out about the the first pages. There's so much going on. Yeah, uh, Something really cool... I mean, it's kind of a little detail. It's not really. I mean, it's there. Uh, Splinter buys the turtles, four turtles. For uh, I'm assuming this is like their their 18th birthday or something, whatever birthday it is. Yeah, four yeah. baby turtles. Yes, four baby turtles. <laughs> and uh, and and the other thing about Michelangelo, yeah, it, it is. It's kind of like he's already making jokes, but that might kind of establish that like out of all the turtles, like he when he gets in the zone, that's like where that's where he has his flow state. Is when oh, he's okay. cut it, like he's he's maybe he's fighting the best when he's cutting up like that. You know what I'm saying? Almost like like drunken master or something. Yeah. You know, almost like he has to do that in order to be. Yeah, like like that's his optimal. And I don't know. 
you know, I, I don't know anything. I like but, that. I like that take. That's good. But yeah, anyway, um, so Michelangelo's choking one of these dudes with his nunchucks. He says, Raphael, you're a sitting duck. And uh, Raphael's, he's up on the back of um, the uh, the poor robot, the wish Robocop looking guy. Not really. <laughs> but he kind of looks like Krang a little bit. Like, uh, But he's, he's about to stab him with a side. And somebody's got like a cannon lined up at him. And you can see Raphael's head in like the little infrared scope. And the the cyborg getting stabbed, he's like, uh, shoot him, darn it, shoot him. The guy shoots, and, uh, or, or no, 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 he, he starts to shoot, and Leonardo comes through with, you know, that big somersault double sword thing cutting his arm off, and it shoots the, it deflects the blast, like the gun gets cut upward right as it fires. Uh, and mm-hmm. Leonardo says, no sweat, Raph, don't you know it's not polite to point? So the guy, he's walking around holding his arm, he's like, ah, you think I'm defeated, fool? And and then of course Kendall shoots down the little banner to where I can't read it. Uh, <laughs> already my cyber, cybernetic armor has cauterized the wound and injected painkillers and adrenaline into my bloodstream. You know where they got this from? Well, when did this come out? Ninety eight. Did this come out in ninety eight? Uh, ninety six. Ninety six. Okay. Well, maybe Metal Gear Solid got this from them. Then I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a thing in Metal Gear Solid. You know, the the snakes got that in the first one. Not not the cauterized thing, but the painkillers. And adrenaline, but anyway, I think that's cool. Like the cyborg thing, you know, it starts cauterizing the wound and all that. I just love the fact that he takes the time to explain it. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. But that's so nineties, though, man. It is that you know you're and right. You're exactly that's right. That's kind of what I love about it. Like I don't think it would work out all that well today, but like with just the colors, this is like this is like the colors of the X Men that I remember. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. And then he's still going though. He's he's. <laughs> Then the organic metallic cells replicate to replace the loss. Organic metallic cells. Let's, organic <laughs> metal cells. So organic means they got carbon in them. I don't, <laughs> metallic bonds are different. There's a whole section of chemistry devoted to metals. It's called inorganic chemistry. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I, I guess it's possible. I don't know, but like, it's just, it's not normal. I mean, it, it probably is possible, but it's just like, how are those covalent bonds going to go along with those metallic? But I don't know. Um, it, <laughs> well, it's, it's two, two explanations: sorcery, and he's from the future, or ta- yeah, sorcery or time travel. Absolutely, yes. Uh, and finally, the symbiotic organism grows me a prosthetic <laughs> hand based on my own DNA. So well, they're taking- he uses the word "finally" too, like, "Hey, yes, and the last yeah, yeah. but not least." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So they're taking from everywhere here. They're, they're cutting from, you'll see later, they cut from the X-Men. They're cutting from Spider-Man. They're, it's just like, <laughs> this is our image. We've stolen everything and, and made it our own image. This is, <laughs> this, uh, not real. I mean, I, I, honestly, as much as I'm kind of cracking up here, I think they're, they're doing a heck of a job so far. But anyway, he says, complete with a new plasma blaster. Now let's see how tough. You are a turtle boy, you know, and then, and then in his little scope again, you see Leo's face. He's, you know, he's hitting the, ah, kind of like in the Donatello <laughs> when he saw that those monsters on the page, the big surprise, except this time he's saying, oh crap. He says, oh, um, and, uh, just right as he's, well, you see, uh, Brocka, 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 I guess it, cause that's like a machine gun type thing and it's not like a cannon. It's like, patow, patow, patow. Uh, Raph comes through and he slashes off his head with his size somehow. Um, that's one heck of a slash if he, mm-hmm. but anyway, he says, uh, let's see your fancy armor grow you a, a new head, big mouth. And, uh, of course we got the onomatopoeia slash and, uh, this is kind of weird. Like he, he cuts the, the head gets cut in different places. Like he gets cut across the eyes in the previous panel, but it's his whole head that falls off here. Mikey comes helicoptering through there with his nunchucks. Whoa, it is. Uh, uh, Raphael says, uh, it's actually closing the wound, tr- the wound trying to heal it. Uh, yeah, so the, the cyber, yeah, the, the wound's closing and he's trying to like regrow ahead. Mikey says, whoa, it is. And, uh, let's see. Uh, Mikey says, you know what they say? It won't heal if you pick it. So he starts hitting it with a nunchuck. He starts hitting where it's <laughs> cauterizing with a nunchuck. And then you see, uh, one, two, three, and the pinhead is down for the count. So, Nice work, Mikey. You beat his brains in. Let's kick some more cyborg butt for Donnie. And uh, you hear stop. 
And we say, whoa, I get first dibs on that tush. Like, wow, jeez, <laughs> Yeah, and like, this is absolutely 90s image costume. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she's, th- there's a scantily clad woman, uh, a, a pretty muscular scantily clad woman standing over Donnie's carcass, I guess. Uh, make one move and your sensei dies. She's got a mask on and you think, well, is this Karai? But then again, it's like, this is after, well, you know, whatever. Uh, it's not though. Uh, I too am ninja and while there is no honor in killing a, a let's see, what's this, a drugged opponent? Uh, I will not hesitate to, uh, slit his, what does that say? His mangy, mangy throat if you interfere. Yeah. And I just gotta say, I like the design for Splinter here too. Quite yeah, honestly. he looks good. Yeah, I mean the art here really does shine. I like yes. the layouts too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, it, it, like this is a gorgeous issue, and especially I think the colors really made yes. it pop too. Yes, as well as the adductors in that lady's leg, specifically the adductor. <laughs> Good job, whoever did the art. You really studied that. This this is like it's kind of over the top, but it's a realistic over the top. If that makes sense, this is about how like uh, a. You know, a, a figure competitor or whatever. I don't even know if they had a figure division, but like what the, um, I don't want to say female bodybuilder, but like early female bodybuilding, like at the eighties and stuff like that, before they got to be like mass monsters, that's about what they would look like as far as like uh, muscular development or, or definition, I should say, like the lines and everything. They had that more streamlined look and it wasn't as, as bulgy and as freaky looking, you know. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, cred, I've always liked Image for that. I mean, they, they go over the top, but it's like, they do it in a way that it's like, if you were going to go over the top in reality, it would, at least here, it would, it would kind of look like that. But anyway, my dog is barking its head off, so I'm going to mute the mic and let you continue. <laughs> all right, all right. So, this uh, woman, she comes storming in here. She's got Splinter uh, by the throat here. Uh, I think it's Leonardo says, calm down, Raph, be patient. They're on our turf. Wait until they make a mistake. So this this mysterious lady, she goes, we've got what we came for. One rat and one turtle. You cyborgs, take the prisoners out the way we came, and I'll guard your backs. So she's she's bo- she's clearly the boss here, bossing the cyborgs. One of the cyborgs goes, no, 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 these, these freaks scragged Wilson. I say we exterminate them, Pimiko. So finally we get the character's name. I'm in charge here. Don't interfere. Pimiko's like, are you kidding me? You'd be as dead as Wilson if I hadn't interfered. Uh, she continues, you wouldn't have even gotten past their traps and alarms in the sewers without my interference. And still you are welcome to stay behind. I will explain your death to the Dragon Lord. Um, and not to be confused with the Dragon Lord that we see in uh, the next mutation. So, okay, so that must be her boss and the cyborg's boss, because he's like, uh, no, 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 I'm coming. Okay, fine. So, so many questions already. Uh, Raphael goes, do you think that we're just going to let you waltz out of here? You think again, babe. The second you turn your back on me, I'll carve my name in your bare butt. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting line there. Um, <laughs> what a layout. Yeah, yeah, what a layout. Yeah, right, exactly. Jeez, there's a couple of angles in this uh, book. Yeah. Which, once again, it was the 90s. Look at that, that, that next frame, though. The quad really pops from that top one <laughs> angle. I mean, you could, it's, seriously, you could see it. Like, it, it pops out. Yeah, anyway. yeah, I see it. I see yeah. it now. Yeah. yeah. That's a great point. So, Pimiko, she says, We will cross blades when we meet again, Ninja Turtle. You have my word. Save your <laughs> macho <laughs> posturing till then. She said it. She said it. <laughs> She did. Uh, but now but now we must depart. Any attempt to follow will result in the death of your friends. We'll see about that, uh, one of the turtles says. I think that's Michelangelo. Uh, and she uses one of those, like, smoke bombs or flash grenades, and she's out of there. Um, so Leonardo goes, no, 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 it was just a flash bomb. She tricked us. They're getting away. No way. Let's get her. Uh, and then, so they're trying to pursue her. They chase her up to the surface here. <laughs> and one of the turtles goes, whoa, what a babe. See those legs? Oh, see? They notice the quads, too. Exactly. So what? Somebody goes, so what? She's a dog. Woof, woof. Wow, harsh. But here I am saying that that was mean of them to say that. But she did kind of kill, or almost kill Donatello. But, uh, Dude, you know. real quick, 
Look at the art where where he says they're getting away. No mm-hmm. way, let's go. Look how good that looks. I mean, that, that looks look like good, something that would be that looks like something that would be like done today. Yeah, but I don't think that digital art was like a thing, or at least no. a, as big a thing back then. I mean that that is like top notch. Yeah, and uh, once again, I mean Frank Fosco knocked out of the ballpark, but I think the lighting too, just showing the the light hitting off the turtles. Yeah. And he, even like the bottom left hand panel on the previous page, you know, the butt shot, I guess you could say. <laughs> but just seeing how the light's hitting the turtles, though, really cool shot there. The colors are just so good. So the turtles, they make their way to the surface, and Pimiko is in the helicopter here. They're trying to chase after Donatello, trying to, trying to get him here. So Donatello, he's bleeding out, and the cyborg's holding him in the bottom of the helicopter here. And then we get... Finally, a flashback after poor Donatello is barely conscious, and I guess he's thinking of Splinter, and that triggers the flashback. All right, of what happens just before this chaotic event? So we see Splinter here in the top left corner, and he goes, "Happy birthday, my sons!" And we get a little bit of a origin here. He goes, "18 years ago today, a canister of radioactive waste changed all of our lives." <laughs> and uh, I think it's uh, Raphael's like, hey, don't put you, don't you put that hat on my head, you know, birthday hat. Splinter, he goes, as you know, I've lived a long life as a normal rat before the mutagen transformed me. Now even my human lifespan nears an end. I am old and very weary. So one of the trolls is like, oh, party pooper. Uh, you've been threatening to croak on us ever since I, I can remember, Master. Yeah, you'll, you'll outlive us all, Splinter. Splinter's like, no parent wishes to outlive his children. I will go happily when my time expires. But I worry. I know you often feel alienated, that you fear that you fear that there's no place for you in this world. Of all my accomplishments, I take the most pride in you four, both as sensei and father. Your lives will be what you make of them. My gift to you today is a view of what life could have been. Behold your lives untouched by mutagen. And that's where the uh, the baby turtles come in, kind of huddled around that, you know, real briefly just talking about it. And basically, uh, Splinter says, "This could have been your destiny. Which which existence would you truly prefer?" So even though, and I like this scene actually because even though the turtles, they probably have times where like, "Oh man, I can't believe I've been mutated. I'm I'm the only one that's like this, and you know, this is terrible." considering what their lives could have been just an ordinary you know turtle in a fishbowl you know or terrarium whatever you want to call it i think comparatively speaking they don't have it so bad you know it's kind of a miracle that they've been mutated the way they have so you get the uh the cutaway finally to the very last part before things really hit the fan with the happy birthday freak and then a cutaway to donatello snapping out of it all right and he's face to face with this cyborg in the helicopter I see that you're mute. You're yes, muted. I have my are. mic muted. Yes, and I did a whole, <laughs> I did a whole brilliant impression of a turtle. There, uh, yeah, he he. I, I just imagine him like sitting up, kind of like the Undertaker. He goes, "Ah, you shot me!" You know, just like out of nowhere, like snapping out of a bad dream. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> and the cyborg's like, "The turtle is alive after all, Pimico." <laughs> and then he goes, "Womp!" and he hits him on the head. With a, it looks like a right hook, and he he starts jumping up and down, kicking, and uh, yeah, he's he's kicking at the cyborg and everything, and 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 they're like they're all like, uh, get him, get him! I'm trying, but my gun's not working, and and Pimico's thinking these cyborgs are worse than useless. That if that turtle gains control, all is lost. The rat must not be allowed to escape. Luckily, there are three other turtles. Uh, so yeah, they're fighting, and basically. <laughs> He pulls a Harry Potter with Voldemort in the movies and just rolls him out of the helicopter. <laughs> and the the cyborg's like, Pimico, for all that's good, help me and all this crap. And, he, and he's all, oh, geez, a helicopter. It's too late to change my mind about escape, or is it too late to change my mind about escaping? And uh, yeah, they start following. And Donnie's like, help! They're both screaming, both screaming help. And it's just like, what a way to you know go out in, in, in this comic, but. He says, hey, stupid, does that armor equipped with boot jets or rocket pack, glider wings, a parachute, uh, <laughs> an airbag or two? If it does freak, I don't know how to work it. And uh, he's going, crap. Uh, this is definitely going to hurt. 
So he's, he's like trying to cover his eyes, but then he's looking through the cracks of his hands. Now it cuts back to the turtles. Uh, now what? How can we rescue Splinter and Donatello if we don't even know who snatched him? Maybe the Headless Horseman here can provide some clues. And one of the turtles is picking up the bowl of turtles, um, or the whatever that is. The I guess it's a bowl. Too bad Donatello here. Or too bad Donatello's not here. He would have known what to do. He would have enjoyed taking a can opener to that armored corpse. Armor, yes. Corpse, no. Huh? This guy isn't dead. The armor is keeping him alive for some reason. He's on life support. Uh, that's gross. The, the, the poor guy's brain dead. His head is on the table over there, uh, for crying out loud. Um, so, uh, let's see. Brain dead. Leo, the dude, is brainless. His head's on the table over there. Yeah, for crying out loud. And then I think one of these turtles mentioned, like, they don't like Raphael, or not one of these turtles, but one of the podcasts mentioned they don't like Raphael's size in this. I'm not sure. And I'm pretty sure it was the nerds. I don't know if it's this they're talking about or volume two. Um, but, you know, whatever. It, it is what it is. They do kind of like, they are awful pointy. Um, which is fine. Uh, what do we do now? And of course, Michelangelo's eating something. <laughs> he says, uh, we put the poor, uh, SLB out of his misery, calling Dr. Howard, Dr. Fine, Dr. Howard, and just call me, uh, Kravorkian. And he picks up the side to, you know, kind of slam it down. And then all of a sudden the, uh, Cyborg's head says, danger, danger. Host organism is, is imperiled. Uh, guys, Raph, the armor is talking. All the more reason to pull the plug. Warning, defensive mechanisms have been armed. Cease all hostilities. Any further attempts to nullify baseline. Basically, it's like, hey, back away. This is the warning system of the car. If you don't, I'll kill you. And uh, Raph says, adios, amoeba. And he hits it. And then, or he starts to hit it, but but that gun just goes kabloom and blasts him right in the face. And it knocks him back. And like, yeah, it hits him right in the face. Michelangelo hits the cyborg's head uh, with his nunchucks. No fair, it blasted Raph by remote control. Hits it right in the eyes. Uh, Leonardo, I think he cuts the gun with his katana. And, yeah, he starts cutting up everything, I guess. He's going all riding on it. And, uh, yeah, so long story short, Raph's face is just like, it's gone. You know, I don't know what that noise was, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but pretty, pretty gruesome shot, too, man. It, it's, uh, yeah. that's good. He's He's uh, Freddy Krueger. Well, I mean, on the cover, he's Jason Voorhees, but right now he's Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Donnie is like uh, Robocop, and Leo's like the Butcher, and uh, Michelangelo is just really plain looking on the cover. But here in the here in the comics, though, it's different. Yeah, so like you see Raphael's like half, he looks like Two-Face, kind of. Mm-hmm. So now we've got Marvel and DC stuff coming into this. And it's like, <laughs> how does it look? You probably won't be voted the world's sexiest man this year, Ralph. Uh, come on, there's salve and bandages in the first aid kit. And somebody, somebody's saying, what the, it's Leo, what in the, and it's Splinter. He's, uh, you know, coming from that dream realm. <laughs> and he says, Leonardo, this bagpipe. Not really. Uh, he said, I was drugged and my, uh, my body and conscious mind are comatose. Fortunately, it is similar to the spiritual state I achieved during meditation. And my soul self was able to escape to the astral plane. So, um, I think it's in this this is the comic this happens in. So he tells them their captors are traveling north, um, and the train blows. He's describing the surroundings, and he's in a helicopter. And yeah, this is yeah, this is the part. He's in the back of the helicopter, and he's like levitating. He's comatose, but he's levitating, and he's he's sitting like what to call Indian style. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they're like uh, Pimico, he's floating, and <laughs> and uh, she's like incredible. He must be at least a seventh level ninja to accomplish that trick. And I'm not sure if that's like. I, I believe they've mentioned that in the past in some of the comics, but I I don't know how like that, how much they actually stick to that. But yeah, whatever. Um, so he goes back there and he's like, uh, "You heard the lady, Rat Man, lights out." And uh, Splinter says, "Farewell, my son." And all all they see is fair from from their end, and he's like, "Master." And then the the signal goes, and he's like, "He's gone," and it says, "To be continued." That's the end of the first issue. Yeah, yeah. Gorgeous, gorgeous issue. I, th- I thought the artwork was where this really shines. Some of the dialogue's a little wonky, but, you know, reading it reading it again, I don't think it was a bad issue. What about you? I'll be honest with you, man. I thought it was great. Oh, wow. I, yeah, I mean, I'll, honestly, like, listen, I mean, I like Mirage. I liked the IDW first issue. I've, I've liked all the first issues. But I'll be honest with you, just as a first issue, like, 
if if I was coming in and I didn't know, which I basically I don't know anything about the Ninja Turtles, but if I didn't know like anything at all, it might throw me a little. But if you, I mean, just putting yourself back when this came out, um, or just looking at the times, like there was a storyline already set up. People knew what was going on, and yeah, it was probably a gear shift with like the violence and everything. But Dad Gum, man, it it just I like how it's. It, it, I mean, that first panel just kablam, and then it's a it's a it's a um, flashback towards the end. I mean, I, yeah, I just like the whole just from a a setup, you know, art, art artistry and just the setup of the storyline, like the way that they choose to do that. I mean, it, it really is. It's like a it's a statement of a comic. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess it had to be because it's like this is the first issue of Image. Turtles comics, we've, you know, we, we, th- these, these are not your grandpa's turtles, all that jazz. They've really got to, you know, kind of set the mood, set the, set the bar and all that. And I, I think they did. Some people won't like it. And I thought I wouldn't like it, to be honest with you. Um, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I like it better now than I did when I first read it. Um, I think when I first read it, I really got hung up on the way the turtles reacted. To certain things and their lack of reaction to certain things i got hung up on that but when i started kind of taking a step back and looking at the the pacing the layouts the artwork the fact that they're trying their best to do something different it's not a bad debut issue I, i'm with you there so yeah yeah i'm, I'm pretty excited to see kind of where the storyline goes because i don't know much about it um i don't know anything about pamiko so hopefully we'll learn a little bit more about her here very soon we don't have a ton of time to do issue two, so about, do you want to summarize it, or what, what would you like to do? Why don't we save it? Uh, I'll, I'll talk to you. I mean, if, if you want to do that, I'll talk to you about what we might do next time, but I think it'd be better just to... Sure. Um, but I guess the last thing I want to say about this, if we've got just a couple of minutes to talk about this, if we're not going to just summarize the last one. I mean, you know me. Like, just If I look back at all the media that I like, all the shows I like, and the comics I like... I like character-driven stuff. Uh, yeah, that here. usually get in video games same way. I'm super excited because there's all these rumors about a Final Fantasy IX remake. Oh my gosh, that game is so good, and and it's it's all because of the character development. It's a good world and everything, but it, oh my gosh, that's the best character development of any of those games. And to me, the Ninja Turtles has never really been about super dynamic. Characters, and maybe maybe not even super dynamic, but I mean they got their quirks. But like it's it's all the other things in these comics. Like this comic, it it, it kind of seems like they've brought everything else up to match the characters. Does that make sense? It, <sighs> they, they've it seems like they're putting less emphasis on, or maybe maybe they're not. I mean this is just the first issue, but it seems like the world that they're making and they're amping up the action, uh, and, and they're just going as hundred miles an hour and it's 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 kind of yeah. rounding out everything that that some of like and don't get me wrong i like the slow burn some of the slower burn mirage type stuff i like it mm-hmm. um i love that donatello issue we read but this <laughs> yeah, this it kind of seems like it's just trying to be solid all the way throughout even if that means sacrificing a little bit of of the uh you know the turtles which listen they definitely had more distinct personalities than the next mutation. Okay. So <laughs> let's, let's not even act like, like it's not there. I mean, if, you know, the Mirage turtles are, and I'll be honest, the early Mirage, like it was kind of hard to tell the difference between the turtles based on what they said. Yeah. You have oh, to look yeah. at what weapons they was holding. Even here though, like you can kind of, t- well, you can really tell actually those characters have been developed at this point. And, but what I'm saying is like, the world that they've this comic to me looks like it'll be more about the world than it will at least the appeal to me would be the the world the environment things like that as opposed to and i know the characters are going to go through a lot because i've seen some of the stuff that that happens and 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 that's some rough stuff it's 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 gritty um but like i mean just looking about these cyborgs it's like that looks like something straight out of X-Men or something. I yeah. mean, it's, it's definitely mm-hmm. an image thing. And I think that's what excites me the most about it is it's these characters we know, they might be altered a little bit and taken in a different direction, but they're put into a 
a world that seems to have, I don't want to say substance, but it just, it's just that era that I love. Um, that's the only way I know how to put it. No, I, I, that's a very cool perspective to look at it with because you're right. You're right. I mean, I see some differentiation in their characters already here in this issue, yet we're getting this brand new character, brand new villain here, brand new kind of look to the whole series. It's, it's a big contrast between what we saw in volume two with Jim Lawson's art um, mm-hmm. and, and the storytelling there. I mean, this is something completely different. And I agree with you. Maybe they were trying to build, you know, a world outside of the turtles here. Kudos and credit for them for trying something new, you know, again. And yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely a comic of the time, uh, especially with some of the dialogue, but I do give a lot of credit to where credit's due here. I think the art and the fact that they're trying something different really do make this unique. And it's just an interesting time in Turtles history. Absolutely. Um, and and I, it doesn't hurt that I, I love that time. So, I mean. Oh, yeah. The ni- 90s image was incredible. I mean, that that was my – actually, it, the image comic books were some of my first, my first comics I ever read. Uh, I remember yeah. there was a – an old comic uh, real quick there was an old comic uh it was like a superman ripoff it was called supreme that was from image yeah 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 Yeah, and i remember seeing that at a dollar store but i got like a four pack for one dollar of supreme comics it was like issues one through four and i loved it and i started reading wildcats and a few others from image uh spawn eventually and, and some others it just it was such a interesting time and then when you read the Marvel untold stories and how a lot of the artists moved over to image. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a mixed bag, you know. It was a, it, the idea of image was really cool, but in some ways, it just completely was chaotic in the way the the business was run. It was the G four TV of comics. I kept wow, a lot more successful. That's a, <laughs> <laughs> that's a great way to put it. Wow, I never thought of it that way, but I could yeah. totally see that. But yeah, yeah. You, you know, it's great, great um, step in time there. Yeah, when when I when the power went out this last year, basically I sat around and I just read random image comics. Like I had some Wildcats because I don't have them all in collections. I mean, it'd be like issue forty eight or whatever. But uh, just because I like the art, it's like I don't care if mm-hmm. I can tell where the story's going. And then I mean, even now, modern type, well, sort of modern, Invincible, the comic. I I yeah. never got to read all the way through that, but I got probably the first two volumes through it. And man, I I really enjoyed that one. You know, I mean. So it's it's like these stories. I think I think they're underrated uh, in in some aspects as a as as a story type comic. I mean, they they kind of get a I don't want to say bad rap, but they kind of get cliched with you know they're all just chains and leather and, and you know. right. I think there's more to it than that. I'm hey, I was hooked in this storyline, so I I can't wait to find out what's going to happen next. And you know, like I said, I'm sold on the art too. So I'm with you, man. Well, cool. It's it's so cool to go through this with uh, with you, man. Because you brought up a lot of things that just make me kind of appreciate this issue more. So so sorry we couldn't get into issue two today, guys. We're kind of pressed for time, but we will. No, definitely that, that come was back the plan the whole time. That was the plan the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> that was take two. Yeah, Kirkland, Kirkland knew it the whole time. He just never told me, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, guys, um, you know, if we would love to hear your thoughts on this particular issue. So if you want to send us an email, our email is turtlesforeverpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can give us a call on our brand new TurtleCom hotline, which is 865-312-7260. We are on Twitter and Instagram at turtlesforeverpod. And, yeah, we would love to connect with you in some way. And we would love to hear from you, whether you have any feedback regarding this image book, the next mutation episodes we just talked about, uh, or just anything turtles in general you want us to talk about, anything that you want to talk about, send us, send us a message, give us a call. We would love to share your thoughts on the show. Bottom line is, we know y'all are out there. We would love to hear from you. With that, Kirkland, I think the question we all want to know is, what type of pizza are we going to close? Are we going to have to close out another totally tubular episode of Turtles Forever? Shoo! Um... Uh, roasted turtle face pizza. <laughs> oh, the only thing I know they got yeah. cooked in this episode. So, yeah, smoked turtle, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, 
once again, thank you all so much for listening. It's always a blast to do this. Kirkland, thanks for coming on again, my man, uh, and hanging out. And uh, guys, we thank you for everything. Um, Here's to hoping you enjoy uh, Mega Slice. uh, Or here's to hoping you enjoy your friends. Lord, I'm stumbling. (laughs) Here's to hoping you enjoy your friends, (laughs) enjoy your family, and a Mega Slice of Smoked Turtle Pizza. Cowabunga, dudes. Yo, You rat bat, and then and it cuts <laughs> off. Yeah, you know. <laughs> that's the last year. I'm only like halfway through the first season. No, actually, not even halfway. Oh, you... But I'm I'm already like this is a funny show. This show, I'm telling you, man, I've never seen the only show I've seen that's like consistently as good as King of the Hill. Yeah, I mean, quite honestly, it's it's right up there with that for me, and that's like my favorite. Wow, ever. I mean, like. That regular show might be my favorite show ever just because of the way it combines everything. But it, it gets so much better as it goes on. I forget which one I, I I just watched. It's like it's only like the fourth or fifth episode, but I was like, oh gosh, what was it? I like the one where they went to the concert. That one was funny. But there was another one after oh, that. Yeah, yeah, caffeinated coffee. Oh yeah, and they got licensed music on there. That they're the only cartoon I know of that has like consistently they have a lot of licensed music like just bands from the 80s and oh that's cool. like even even the last seasons they had like dragon force the uh, through the fire and flames <laughs> um and they do montages it's definitely like a, an 80s type yeah. show you know? i love it and i just love the voice actors they are really good uh the guy who plays uh yeah. mordecai especially he just sounds like a regular guy <laughs> J.D. Quintel, yeah. Yeah, he's just got this, like, basic, you know, just regular guy voice. Dude, (laughs) look at it. Look at it. And Ricky's all, let me go. Let me go. (laughs) And uh, Mark Hamill, he does skips. I don't know if you knew that, but he does a lot of voices on there. Oh, does he? Yeah, he does skips. And, like, anytime you hear, like, a butler or something. (laughs) Yeah. I love Pops. I finally get to see what Pops looks like. This was great. I was like, that's Pops. Pops, I believe, is the same voice as Muscle Man. Oh, that's funny. And uh, I think Rigby. Oh, really? Yeah. Same, I can see that because they kind of have a voice. Sam Marin. See, when Quintel made it, he just brought uh, a bunch of his friends from animation school, and they all just. <laughs> all these shows that I like, they all do that. Like, they don't yeah. hire. I mean, like, they have maybe like one big voice actor, like Mark Hamill in this one, but. King of the Hill is the same way. Yeah. Mike Judge can do like three voices, but he makes this grand show, two grand shows. Th- well, everything he does is grand. And, uh, uh, Aqua Teen. The three guys doing that, uh, or not three, but uh, Dave Willis and Carrie Means and Dana, Dana, that was Dana Snyder's first like gig. And pretty much Dave Willis's first gig too, but like now they're legendary voice actors, at least Dana Snyder is. Yeah, I mean it's it's. I I think that's I think that's what makes it so fun, you know. And, yeah, and, and yeah, it's you you work with your friends and and you learn to create something like I think you and I. It's super fun just to do this with a friend. It's easy. So, yeah. and I think Absolutely. that's a lot of times that's I've heard a lot of comic creators say that you know you work with your friends and then that's usually where success will begin and then you can kind of use that success one day to build a bigger audience but who knows anyways i'm rambling but it's uh, been yeah fun. I, got, I got you off track i'm sorry no 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 i've, I've enjoyed it unrelated show. <laughs> uh, you know next mutation and the image books i'm gonna tell you the truth i haven't read about 90% of the image books. So that's all in well, new territory. I already knew what happened because I listened to uh, Ninja Turtle Nerds when they did this. And actually Ninja Turtle Power Hour. Like I've listened to summaries on these several times, but <laughs> just reading them, man, I, 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 actually, I didn't think I'd like them. Uh-huh. I actually really liked them. I thought this is a... Uh, because I, I, I thought it's just going to be F-bombs everywhere, right, blah, blah, right. blah. 
No, I really like it because it's like this. I'm like, this is Image Comics. Like this is this is how Image Comics. And this is how I remember it. Yeah, you know? yeah, it kind of defined an era in comics. Yeah, and you know what's funny? What? I was just saying it kind of defined an era in comics. You know, uh, yeah, the image yes, the yep. 90s. And you know, I'm with you on that too. I, I can't wait to talk about it um, because I, I actually there. I have some gripes with the first few issues, um, some minor things, but I also kind of am intrigued to see where the story's going. And, I, it, and the artwork, it, it, I kind of like the artwork. It doesn't go. <laughs> very far oh. I think but, but but I mean like I really think that well I, you know what I'll, I'll save it but but what I was getting at is uh, Turtle Recall it's the same setup yeah. Anna hasn't seen all the cartoons Jason has you know mm-hmm. uh, so that's true I mean I think every I think every podcast if it's going to be a duo like that that's probably the best way to do it oh it's fun it's fun to kind of you know and it keeps it fresh too it's you know they, they get to watch somebody else experience it for the first time my kids in Christmas. <laughs> so. Speaking of, uh, do you still want to talk music before, before and after? I don't know why I'm saying speaking of. Oh, um, uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, Landon and I are going to be recording at 9.30. Um, do you okay. think we can try to do each show in at least an hour or less? Probably, yeah. That's what I'm thinking, too. Um, and, you know, I don't really have a ton to say, but I just wanted you to know that I did do my homework. I did listen to some ELO, and I'm loving what I'm listening to. So I was I was gonna mention that anyway. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask you. Uh... <clears throat> All right. Well, I will take us in then, my friend. I've got a little bit spread out for both shows. Um, oh, and I wanted to tell you, I changed um, the our Instagram and Twitter account uh, handle. It's Turtles Number Four Ever Pod. Which else? We have those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we do. We do. I I very rarely ever use them, but we do have them. <laughs> Okay. So, you know, just for the record, uh, if we ever get a card one day, you know, that we can hand out to people, that'll be our little handle. There you go. Awesome. All right. Okay, cool. Well, I will take us in. All right. Get my Pepsi Zero Sugar Wild Cherry. Feeling wild tonight.